the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Time now for the third and final hour of the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Here on News Talk 710 KNUS. Great to have you along for the ride. We'll open the phones back up here in the next segment at 303-696-1971. But folks, here in Denver... We now have a state of emergency declared by Denver Mayor Michael Hancock. And that shouldn't be surprising when you got 50 to 100 illegal immigrants coming a day now, every day this past week. There's a problem. It's overrunning the systems. And we have a humanitarian crisis at the border, a disaster that is so bad, even the mainstream media has picked up on it. Here's a snippet from CBS News. For over four decades, Ruben Garcia has served migrants at Annunciation House and says he has never seen a paso like this. The situation is only expected to get worse a week from today when Title 42, a pandemic-era law that the U.S. uses to turn migrants away, is set to expire. Garcia says a humanitarian crisis here can only be prevented if the city, county, churches, and the federal government step up efforts to shelter thousands more. If Title 42 gets lifted and those four entities are not operating at their max, you're going to be down here doing more stores with many, many more people sleeping out on the street in even colder weather. And now it's come to Denver in a more pronounced way than ever before. What is happening down in Texas and other border states? What is bringing us to the brink all across the country with this border crisis that the Biden administration seems asleep at the wheel? And not just the Biden administration, but all these Democrats, including the five now in in the House of Representatives from Colorado that will take office come January and our Democrat U.S. senators. Let's dive into this topic with a congressman from Texas. He represents the 11th district, which is West Central Texas. Congressman August Fluger joins us on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Good morning, sir. How are you? Well, Jimmy, good morning. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on about this topic, which... Uh obviously is not just affecting Texans, although we are bearing the brunt of it. Yeah, I have to tell you, though, before we get going, I met you at an event with uh, Eli Bremer uh, hosting it. And I just got to tell you, you got to learn to pick better company, my friend. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but you got to learn to get better company and not uh, not be palling around with guys like that. <laughs> well, so true, but uh, it's good to... Good to be able to talk to you uh, on the radio now as well. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, you bet. You bet. Well, I appreciate the time for sure. So southern border, what are we seeing down there? Well, let let me start by saying, uh, look at maps. Go to to Google Maps. Go to any map. You're nine hours and 13 minutes away from El Paso if you drive the speed limit. Uh, Human traffickers, drug traffickers. Uh, those who are carrying illegal immigrants, they're not driving the speed limit. So you're probably under nine hours away. 
I was in El Paso just two weeks ago. And what I saw, this is not my first visit, um, unlike the Biden administration, uh, who refuses to go. Um, What I saw in El Paso just two weeks ago, what I heard in El Paso just two weeks ago, uh, is more tragic now than it has been in in my multiple visits uh, this term in Congress. Every single agent told me, dozens of agents uh, told me at that time, that the border is not secure. This was the week that we had, and I sit on Homeland Security, this was the week we had uh, the illustrious Secretary Mayorkas uh, testifying in front of my committee telling me directly that the border was secure. There's more fentanyl, there's more tragedy by way of human trafficking, the rape, the murder, the uh, assault that goes on, $5,000 on average per person. Um, And look, you know, I I heard uh, in your opening 50 to 100 people We've got thousands of people coming into our communities, into my hometown, and into the district that I represent every single day. When Title 42 ends, and this was told to me this week, just two days ago, by a very, very high-ranking Border Patrol official, when Title 42 ends, the estimates on on our our southwest border on a daily basis are 15 to 18,000 people that will come across. Where are my Democrat colleagues on this? Where are they? They they talk a good game, mm. but where are they? Fifty to a hundred people in Denver? I don't think so. It's going to be a lot more than that, um, b- because you you have to look at at the flow of of where these cartels and these traffickers are trying to put their product. And the product is not just drugs; it's people, and you have to look at that. And where are my Democrat colleagues from Colorado? Why are they not standing up, especially those who have served? Why are they not? St- standing up and saying, this is a national security issue. Mm-hmm. This is the trafficking of people. This is the abuse and the human rights violations that they seem to stand for, but they're nowhere to be found. Congressman Fluger, though, if you listen to Corinne Jean-Pierre, White House press secretary, the Democrats are the only ones, specifically the Biden administration, that are doing anything, doing this work on their own. Here's what she said just a day or two ago. We continue to see political stunts from uh, many Republicans out there, and that's not how we're going to fix uh, this issue. They want to, uh, they want to uh, secure the border. We've been doing that work on our own. And uh, we ask, we're asking them to, hey, you know what? There's an immigration reform plan that the president put out on the first day. They should work with us and do this in a bipartisan way. The Democrats doing work on their own. What do you make of that sentiment? Well, it is an insult to the intelligence of every American, what she just, the unintelligible sentence that she just uttered. Uh, and we all know that that's just a complete lie. The fact that they even think about uttering that, you know, look, I, I'm, I'm passionate about this. After serving in the Air Force for 20 plus years, going to the Air Force Academy, and very familiar with Colorado Springs and Denver uh, and the area there. Um, and there's so many patriots who live in that area. Y'all, we need to wake up um, and realize that elections have consequences. And these elections, when we elect people to go to the House of Representatives, I want to work with people, regardless of their party, to come up with solutions, which is exactly what we've done. The White House is lying to us, saying that they have any sort of measure. They don't. And look, Title 42, I mean, we make a big deal about this. That's not the answer. Title 42 is the only thing, however, that is stopping this, I mean, what is already tragic crisis, the, the numbers, 2.2 million people, 98 who match the terror watch list, thousands who are MS-13 or gang-affiliated. 
But what we really need is for Democrats right now, today, Democrats in Colorado, representatives uh, to the U.S. House of Representatives, to stand up, to go to the White House and say, put Remain in Mexico at the top of your list. Work agreements with the Northern Triangle countries. Uphold the laws. We don't need more laws. We need Democrats to force the Biden administration to uphold the laws we already have on the books with the political will that is completely absent. Texas Congressman August Fluger, our guest here on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Now, when we look at the crisis on the southern border, I mean, what are the fundamental problems? What needs to be done to address this, practically speaking, especially if the Democrats are so asleep at the wheel here, not even asleep at the wheel, they're just unwilling to act. That's much clearer right now than ever before. When we look at the new Congress taking hold, you're going to have a slim Republican majority in the U.S. House. Democrats picked up a seat in the United States Senate. What can practically be done? What will the Republicans do when you take the reins in the majority, Congressman, to address this genuine crisis? It's a great question. And day one, we will have a parking spot reserved for Alejandro Mayorkas. Uh, the oversight that needs to start uh, and, yeah, we're going to look backwards because it's important in the context uh, of this problem. But forward-looking, we're going to make sure that DHS and the good men and women who work in Border Patrol and ICE and Customs and all of the, the agents who are willing to put their lives on the line, we're going to give them a voice because what they're saying and what their boss is saying are two completely different things. Um, and, and I think – you know, you have to look at the reality of this, and this is why we need Democrats' help on this, because they need to understand that they're ruining our society with their complicit nature of inaction. Uh, we need them to come to the table, to, to come to the border with me. I would love it um, if Jared Golden would come with me, if, if people uh, in the fourth country caucus that I'm in, I'm, I'm mentioning a couple of people who have served, some in Colorado, uh, that, that uh, Diane DeGette and, and others would come with me to the border to see what's going on in the tragedies. Mm. And I think when they see that and they understand, and I talk to these children who are 8, 9, and 10 years old, Jimmy, you, you have to understand, these kids are being trafficked. They're being left in the middle of nowhere um, in, in harm's way all along their trip. Uh, and they're being used to get these drugs uh, and other illegal substances, fentanyl, into this country. So what, what we will do is start with oversight and continue to, to be a voice for the agents that need need someone to, to represent them uh, so they can do their job. And that's mm -hmm. the, that really is the bottom line um, of, of the tragedy we see right now. Uh, Congressman, we don't even have a president of the United States or a vice president of the United States who's willing to go to the southern border. Clearly, they're not setting an example for members of Congress. It would be nice for those Democrats, Diana to get chief among them because she represents a city, Denver, the capital city of Colorado, that has now had its mayor declare a state of emergency. Maybe they should take the lead, but they're not. Why are the most of these Democrats not willing to actually see what you are seeing especially as a representative for texas on the southern border why aren't they showing up it's a great question and for the life of me i wish i could answer it but i can't that this is not a political issue they've made it a political issue uh, but we need them to go see the tragedy i mean think about the 53 people who perished south of san antonio in the texas heat the july texas heat in a tractor trailer 
how is that compassionate? That's what the White House says. We need a policy that's compassionate. That's not compassionate. What they're doing, and especially when they say that they're going to end Title 42, is putting a big billboard out there to these immigrants saying, no matter where you are, it doesn't matter what the rules are, it doesn't matter what they, they could have been, we welcome you here, and they have imperiled them on this journey. I mean, I want you to think about this. My visit to El Paso last week, I took a picture across the river, 100 yards away, from a gigantic Venezuelan flag. In most places, mm-hmm. when you have a flag on a border with people that are massing there, they think that's an invasion. Right. Most, most countries consider that an invasion. And when, when these immigrants come in, and I'll talk to them and ask them, you know, why did you come? They all have the same statement to me, because Biden said we could. Now, think about wow. that. That's why we need people in Colorado, U.S. House of Representatives, members from Colorado, to come down there and see this. You're nine hours and 13 minutes away in Denver, you know, eight hours or, or less to Colorado Springs. And, and if you care about your kids and you care about the fentanyl that is flowing through that is affecting hundreds of thousands of, of a, you know, young adults, 18 to 35, then you'll come down and you'll see this. You'll come down and, and you'll, you'll be a part of the solution mm-hmm. to stand up to this tragedy. Yeah, you, you know, Colorado Congressman, as you pointed out, uh, you were here four years because you went to the Air Force Academy. And then, of course, you, you went on, served our country. Thank you for your service. F-22 pilot. By the way, folks, uh, Congressman Fluger, our guest, was the pitcher on the Republicans' congressional baseball team this year that kicked the crap out of the Democrats. Uh, I watched that. That was a, a fun game to watch. You did a great job. And uh, let me just say that kind of fighting spirit is what I think we really need from these Democrats here in this state. I want to tell you, Congressman, I was talking with uh, a Democrat in government, not in a position that could actually do something about the border, but who was complaining privately, at least, about the southern border and how Democrats are asleep at the wheel. They're not acting on this. Even claimed to me one good thing about President, former President Trump is that at least he was strong on the southern border. This is a Democrat telling me this. And just feeling that Denver is being absolutely overrun. You talked about a humanitarian crisis. And when we have hundreds of people coming to Denver and they're being put up temporarily right now in shelters, they're not going to be able to be sustained here. So not only is there a humanitarian crisis of them making this dangerous trek across the border and even before then getting from, say, Venezuela, where most of these new immigrants illegally are coming, um, but then when they get here, you have a humanitarian crisis because what the heck are you going to do with them? You're absolutely right, and this is what we've seen in our cities. I represent Midland, the, the oil and gas capital of the world, Odessa, San Angelo, you know, small cities, 100, 150,000 people. And what you see is exactly that. On a daily basis, there are busloads of people that are going through my district that are being dropped off in places like those cities that I just mentioned. Um, and now, you know, I, I don't wish it upon Denver. I don't wish it upon any city. What I wish is that people like Jason Crow, who served this country too, would come with me. Yes. Uh, And I'll extend that invitation to him next week uh, and and to others that they will come down and be a part of the solution because it is a tragedy. You know, you think back to the summer when Ron DeSantis sent a busload of 50 people to Martha's Vineyard 
and they declared an emergency there. It's like, oh, my goodness, you know, nobody has ever gotten off a bus in Martha's Vineyard and thought, I, I'm in an emergency situation, you know. Um, but it, it's a tragedy. There's nowhere for them to live. There's nowhere for them to, uh, you know, to, to do to be a part of our system legally. And so they, they get into the shadows in this underworld. And that's a generational mm-hmm. curse when you're teaching your kids how to break the law and how to slip by under the radar. You know, what a tragedy uh, that is. And, and I would encourage people to go to my website, pluger.house.gov. Uh, we've got a newsletter every week that we put out. Um, and look, I, I'm willing, and I, and I have worked with people like Diana to get on, on a variety of issues, and I'm willing to work with Democrats on this, but we need them to stand up mm. and, and to, to be on the right side of history, and they're just not. Right By now. the way, Fluger spelled P-F-L-U-G-E-R. There's a silent P in there, fluger.house.gov. Just before we let you go, and by the way, I'm a constituent of Jason Crow's, and I hope he will take you up on this. And if he does, please let me know. Or if he doesn't, I would like to know, because he absolutely should see what is happening on the ground in Texas on the southern border. Congressman August Fluger, our guest, just finally, before we go, and I appreciate you, you're being generous with your time on a Saturday morning. There's a question a lot of folks are wondering, and that is, who is busing these illegal immigrants? We're not talking about Republican governors who have on a couple of occasions done this. We don't know who's, say, bringing the Venezuelans up to Colorado in these buses and so forth. Do we know what's going on there? Great question, and I, I can't tell you with accuracy exactly who it is, but I can give you a sense that um, there are a lot of non-governmental organizations, charities and otherwise, who, who are participating in this. I'll tell you, in the state of Texas, Governor Abbott has sent busloads of people to a variety of places, and he's gotten a lot of attention for New York City. But the city of El Paso uh, actually does this on at a rate um, that is much, much higher. They just haven't gotten the publicity. And so you've got cities who will do this. You have non-governmental organizations and charities who will pay for it uh, and a variety of other means. And I don't know exactly who might be doing that uh, on the buses to Denver. Um, But, you know, there's a question there that I have, and this is something that we need oversight on, something that we will get next year, which is where is the money going? Federal dollars, where is it going? Is it actually incentivizing some of these NGOs to do more and to advertise. And I hope not. I hope, I hope that that's not the case. But we are going to get to the bottom of that because if they're advertising for immigration and for people to come across uh, for their own existence, um, then we'll get to the, the heart of that and stop it because it's, you know, again, part of this tragedy uh, that we have. And, and I love this country. I have to say to the good men and women of Colorado, thank you for what you do for our Air Force Academy cadets, for the, the folks that work there. We, we do have some questions that we're working through right now with the military writ large, um, but our military needs a lot of support from the community. Amen. And what Denver and Colorado Springs do for the Air Force Academy cannot be understated. It cannot be uh, taken for granted. Thank you from the bottom of my heart as only the third graduate from that institution to serve in Congress and the first male graduate, by the way, uh, to serve in Congress. Thank you for what you wait, do for those. Wait, is that true? You've only had three <laughs> folks elected to Congress who are Air Force Academy graduates? That, that is that is true. We, we have had Heather Wilson was the first. She served uh, in New Mexico. Uh, Martha McSally 
um, served in the House briefly and in the Senate uh, even more briefly uh, after she was appointed, uh, and then myself. Uh, there, there is a fourth, uh, a Democrat from North Carolina, uh, who I've not met yet uh, that was just elected this term. But okay, uh, it's uh, we we do need more Air Force Academy graduates to serve in Congress, and, and I'm uh, I'm looking for a, a few good men and women to to join me. Well, I hope that South Carolina representative goes down to the southern border with you, along with Jason Crow and Diana DeGette, uh, among the others, because this is such a crisis that must be addressed, and it is impacting communities all across this country. Congressman August Pfluger, thanks for what you do in Congress, fighting the good fight, and best of luck to you and the Republicans when you take the reins of the U.S. House come January. Well, thank you for having me. God bless everyone. Hope everybody has a Merry Christmas and uh, Merry Christmas to you. Talking again. Absolutely. Thank you. thank you so much. Again, Congressman August Pfluger, appreciate you joining us. He represents the 11th Congressional District down in Texas. We're going to take a break. We'll get to your text. If you want to call in, now's the time, 303-696-1971. That is our telephone number as we rock and roll along. News Talk 710 KNUS, the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Folks, it doesn't get any better than Joe Bonamassa doing a classic blues Christmas tune, Lonesome Christmas. As we continue on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show, best Christmas bumper music known to man with our bluesified Christmas bumpers. JimmySangenberger.com, all ease all the time. Go there right at the top or you scroll down the homepage. You can find the page for Jimmy's Christmas, Bluesified Christmas Bumpers playlist. I get questions all the time asking me, what's your music? Well, we're starting with that, and in the new year, we'll roll out a way for you to get the best damn bumper music known to man that you hear on this program. Good things coming as we rock and roll along. couple of housekeeping things before we get to the calls and the texts on the southern border. One, speaking of music, the Jimmy Jr. Blues Band is back. We will be performing at Takoda Tavern in Parker on Friday the 30th. So not this coming Friday, but the following Friday, it's the penultimate party of the year. The 30th, New Year's Eve, Eve, 730 to 1130. Come on out. We'd love to see you there. We're going to have a great, great time. I'll give some more details on who we've got playing with us and so forth next Saturday on the program. But wanted to note that. Also, I will be in for George Brockler this coming Wednesday, the 21st. And that's from 6 to 10 that morning. And Deborah Flora, I'll be filling in for her come Friday, the 23rd from 3 to 4. Now, that is, of course, Christmas Eve Eve. So tune in both of those days. I appreciate, as we continue on the Jimmy Sangenberger show, the question, who is busing these illegal immigrants? I kept getting that question. What? Where are they coming from? Who is busing them, and August Fluger talked about how it is nonprofit organizations, charitable groups. How charitable is that to put 
the to to legitimize this humanitarian crisis by bussing people to places where, first of all, you're legitimizing what they're doing and saying, okay, keep coming because you got people helping you and bringing you to different cities. And then when you take them to a city like Denver and they're overrun and they don't have the supplies and the services and the number of people and the beds and all of that, I mean, it is a crisis. I was not kidding when I talked with the Democrat, and I'm hearing others expressing frustrations, but I'm hearing from folks that literally Denver is being overrun. And it's interesting to see the Democrats have to sort of reap what they have sowed with these policies weak at the border. Uh, The other day, I was talking with someone who had been to one of the uh, homeless support shelters where food banks that normally has like 120 people that come on a given day. They had 50 extra who came earlier than normal, were bussed in and then bussed out, and they're all Venezuelans. And, you know, normally they have enough food and the cook will come out and help serve, but that couldn't happen. So it was just two people serving these 50 illegal immigrants from Venezuela. And that is just one example of how these organizations that are providing support for the homeless and predominantly intended for people who are citizens of Colorado and Denver, and now they are being overrun more and more. My goodness. 303-696-1971 is our telephone number. Let's go to Freddie in Aurora. Good morning, Freddie. How are you, brother? I am fine, Jimmy. What's Good on your talk mind? To you. Good to talk with you. you. You got a nice show, man. Um, I love listening to you. I don't call that often. But, Jimmy, I'm not the best at articulating my position. But when when I see wrong, I can tell when I see wrong. And what is going on with the with the illegal immigrants is not right. Mm-hmm. Um, I came to this country 40 years ago, and I came legally. From and, where, from? Um, from Grenada, mm-hmm. a little island in the West Indies with 95,000 people. Um, and... The August, the gentleman you had on earlier, August something, something August, Fluger. August Fluger, yes, congressman from Texas. Um, I was thinking this exactly what he said a, a lot, but just never called or never said anything about it. But when you allow people to break the law like that, how do you expect them going forward to abide by any laws at all? Mm. You know? That is that is that is a tough lesson. That that is tough. What they're teaching these people, you know. And I think you should be able to hold the people that bust these people in um, responsible. Also, um, first of all, there should be people. Um, whether it's Mayorkas, so you should be able to hold him responsible. Mm-hmm. And 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 the whole administration, anybody that can be held responsible, should be held and 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 pay for for this wrong that they're doing this illegal um this these laws that are being broken because when someone commit a crime doesn't the person who assists them 
um, also get penalized? Isn't that right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, if they can prove that they're an accomplice to a crime, yes, absolutely. Right. So I believe that should be that should be um, also sort of also apply in this case. And so that's that's all I have to say for now. I mm. think I there was a lot in my mind, but um, that's all I have to say for now. But hey, um, Freddie, I think good you... show, Jerry. Good show, brother. Yeah. Freddie, I appreciate it. Always good to talk with you, my friend. And, uh, you know, I think that was very well said. Thank you. All right. Three oh three six nine six nineteen seventy one. Our telephone number. Don in Colorado Springs. You're up next. Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas, Jimmy. Hope What's you're up? Doing great. Absolutely. Well, What's up? basically, you know, this uh, the ending of Title Forty Two is basically uh, what the Democrats have been longing for for some time. Because, as you know, the Democrats have always been good at buying votes, and they see the. Uh, People crossing the border, the future generations basically issue in for their parties. Mm-hmm. You know, they can say, hey, you know, we brought your parents in, vote Democratic. It's just part of the Democrat strategy to win, get power, and maintain power. And perhaps one day they can be just like uh, the CCP or uh, the uh, failed uh, Communist Party in Russia. That's how I see it. Yeah, yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that, and it's it's a way that this is why they want to legalize them, um, and and provide citizenship across the board, even those who are recently brought here, uh, and and that is absolutely unacceptable. Don, thanks for the call. Merry Christmas. I appreciate it. Uh, here's something that is unfortunate. Uh, Jimmy, the Lutheran and the Catholic Church are responsible for this human trafficking, or at least they're helping with it, I will add. Um, I found out from my own Catholic Church that they've brought a bunch of them up into Nebraska. Wow. As a Catholic, I'm, I'm not happy to hear that. Text. It's supposed to be minus 11 Wednesday night and 9 on Thursday. They are going to need all the beds they have for the homeless. You'd think the humanitarian thing to do would be to take them to a warmer city. Hey, that's a good point. The Dem immigration plan, another text comes in. Wreck USA and the illegal immigrants will no longer have a reason to come here. (laughs) Yeah, to take our economy and then get rid of, of that. Uh, the city of Denver reaping what they sow by promoting themselves as a sanctuary city. Yeah, that's a very good point. Your sanctuary city, what are you going to do? End up having illegals coming in, illegal immigrants coming into the country across the southern border with that expectation. Look, I, I the reality is that Venezuelans, they are suffering. Hondurans, they are suffering. It is horrible what they are enduring in their home countries. Without a doubt, my heart breaks for them and their families. But by allowing this humanitarian crisis to get worse and and to, to come into the United States, where look, in Denver, the, the shelters are holding them, at least for now. It's a humanitarian disaster in the making When we can't even support homeless in this state, homeless Coloradans, there aren't aren't beds for them. 
especially for those who actually are downtrodden. We talked when I filled in for George on Wednesday with Aurora Mayor Mike Kaufman about the different segments of homeless individuals. How is it actually compassionate to put them in these situations where they are, are expecting a lot and they are going to get little in the end? Right now they're getting something because Denver's trying to put them up. But what are they being set up for long term? The prospect, and, and, and what does this mean for our communities? This is a crisis, and it's a humanitarian crisis. And we have Democrats who, as Congressman Pfluger was pointing out, are responsible for this. And Denver is indeed reaping what it sows. Again, I feel for illegal immigrants. And I'm actually supportive of of legal status for the dreamers who are the young people who came to this country through no fault of their own as children. But we're not talking about that. We're not talking about DACA. We're talking about countless new people who are coming here illegally. You don't know who they are, what they're doing, how they are health-wise, And then you have the circumstances that they will endure here and the resources that just aren't there. It is dramatically expensive. We can't sustain this. And yet nothing is being done. It is not humanitarian to do what the Democrats are doing now and what we're seeing at the southern border. That is not actually compassionate And something more needs to be done about it than what we have seen. The disincentive needs to be there. That dangerous trek, especially for kids who are being trafficked into the country. I mean, they feel that they should make the trek because when they get here, and it's a dangerous journey, because when they get here, they're going to be somehow welcomed with open arms. It's a bad lesson to get out there. And it's causing tremendous harm. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger. You're listening to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Got a couple other texts that we'll read. And uh, briefly, I'll give you a quick heads up on something that developed Thursday out of the Denver Public Schools Board of Education. Keep it right here. It's the Jimmy Sangenberger Show News Talk, 710 KNUS. Wrapping up and winding down. Oh, my gosh. Where the heck has the time gone? It's the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. News Talk 710-KNUS. Listener texting in. I appreciate this. I'd miss this. This is a piece from November 10th in the New York Post about El Paso being overrun. Immigrant aid organization Annunciation House has stepped in to alleviate the problem, setting up a new route to send people to Denver, Colorado. However, so far, it's only been able to bus out 50 as part of the pilot program. Well, there we go. Thanks to the listener. I have my answer here. The Annunciation House appears to be the group that is doing this. And they said at the time, quote, we appeal to faith communities. This is a nonprofit group in El Paso, Texas, that I was a stranger and you welcomed me. This is Ruben Garcia, director of the Annunciation House, quoting the Bible, of course, quoting Jesus. 
We ask faith communities in cities in the interior of the United States to reflect on that and ask themselves, might we be willing to receive a bus of refugees? Is this something we could do periodically? Well, this isn't periodically anymore. And I mean, it, it is it is audacious to just say, oh, we're going to expect that there is enough capacity in different communities and we're going to bust them around instead of helping to say, you know, this is not a good idea. I mean, my goodness. I'm supporter of immigration, legal immigration. As I said, I favor legal status for the dreamers. But my goodness, this is this is madness. But as listener texts in, it makes sense for charitable organizations to compassionately send migrants they cannot handle to cities like Denver that brag about sanctuary status. Time for our elected officials to put their money where their mouths are and open up their guest rooms in their own homes, especially Polis. Lots of room in the governor's mansion. Good point. All right, I got to leave it there for the text. A quick final topic. I wrote last Friday, I think we talked about it on the show, about in the Denver Gazette, about Denver School Board and how it looked like they were gunning for their superintendent, Alex Marrero, and that a year after they extended his contract by four years, just five months after he took office, and they did it three weeks after taking office, they wasted no time, the end of last year, extending his contract, they're going after him. And they went to closed or door session, executive session, on Thursday night to do that. Now, I'm wondering about the legality and the basis that they used, and I don't have time to get into. I'll get into it on Wednesday when I fill in for George Brockler. I'll go into this and what's happening in DPS in this regard. But I got multiple sources that have told me it went on for four hours in executive session behind closed doors. And then legality is dubious, but what was the subject matter? Here's Scott Boulderman, the only member of the school board to vote no, and what he said. I want to say that I have no idea what is going to be discussed in executive session, so I feel uncomfortable voting to support this, so I'll I'll be voting no. Scott Esserman said he sent out an email everybody got. He's an at-large member of the school board. And he said, oh, I sent out an email, and that's what this is about. What? And then you have Scott Balderman, who voted no on going to executive session, literally saying, I'm voting no because I don't know what this is about. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. I'll talk about more of what's happening in Denver Public Schools when I fill in for George Brockler on Wednesday, 6 to 10. Tune in then. Have a great weekend. Peter's here up next. God bless America. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com. <laughs>